Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bloke and the Bird Show. You know, I'm actually going to open this with a conversation that we had yesterday, and and we're going to put the 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 mail buoy podcast hat on briefly again. I packed the mail buoy podcast hat in a box. It's in our attic. No, that was the other one. What other one? The other one. The other hat or the other yes. mail buoy podcast? That too. I don't have that hat anymore. It does not go with this outfit. Anyway. So really and, and I know has absolutely nothing to do with Formula One, but um, you know, in in these trying times, we got word this week that the Canadian government is banning cruise ships from entering their country through this year until 2022. Okay. So what that means is, one, obviously, you know, none of the um, eastern seaboard cruises up to Canada, none of that's going to happen. But it also effectively completely shuts down the, the Alaskan cruise season for a second year in a row. Because remember... Every ship that goes to Canada that would come from the U.S., or excuse me, every ship that goes to Alaska that sails from the U.S. has to go to Canada. Well, yes, because of a single act. What I wonder is would the U.S. government in an effort, well, first, cruise ships aren't sailing right now anyway, so it's probably not a thing. But I wonder if the U.S. would go through the process of saying we're going to temporarily suspend the act that requires them to touch a foreign port if they can't touch canada at least they could keep people within the um the u.s and can you please turn off your phone um well that was the computer that did the last thing so i can't help that one because we need the audio there anyway so they might, but that would assume that they would allow the ships to sail. But if you think about the impact there, there are businesses that rely on that cruise ship season that are going to lose it for two years. So the the example I saw was the Red Onion Saloon in uh, Skagway, mm-hmm. which has tours of the bar, brothel, restaurant, all of that stuff. It's the brothel museum and all of Skagway. And, you know, they used to entertain hundreds of folks a day, seven days a week, from two to three ships visiting a day. And this past summer, they opened up twice a week for four hours for pizza takeout. That's it. It's going to be very, very painful. Yeah. I mean, there's just no way around it. But I just I had but to. The go. reality is, what we're hearing from our friends that are still in the cruise travel business is ships aren't sailing. Period. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether or not Canada is open to ships right now or not. The ships aren't sailing. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I bring that back to Formula One with this perspective of um, COVID is still having a significant impact on the schedule. Mm-hmm. They're still optimistic we're going to get more but it's still having an impact on it. and and by the way if i really want to go msc has the the ship with the f1 simulator on it oh we talked about it way back when when we didn't know anything about formula one 
But yet we talked about it. Yeah. Do you know how many years that has been? It's a long time ago. You realize how many years we've it's been pod- really podcasting? Long time ago. <laughs> You'd think we'd like learn something by now. No, not at all. Um, anyway, so a lot of concern about the schedule. Um, but what has apparently been nailed down, although we don't have an official announcement, I guess the teams have been told and the organizer has been told that Portimao will be taking the May 2nd slot. We're just waiting on the official announcement. So it'll be a back-to-back race with... Um, with Spain, um, I guess where we talked, I think it was last week or the week before about this possibility of a doubleheader in Bahrain, um, really nobody wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. And it didn't sound like that there were any serious talks about it to begin with. Um, There's still concerns about the the health situation in Portimao, um, specifically because the UK has placed Portugal on its so-called red list and what the red list is is it says that anybody who travel anybody who's coming to the UK from a um, nation that is on the red list has to quarantine in a hotel room for 10 days and there are no exceptions so Formula One was able to get around some of those restrictions last year because of the bubble that they put in place. Apparently, the UK has said, we're not offering up exemptions for anybody coming from a red list nation. Well, that's problematic because mm-hmm. that was one of the keys that kept Formula One functioning last year was yep. that they got some exemptions um, and were able to create and maintain that bubble. Um, I do wonder what Brexit has plays into that. Because remember that Mm -hmm. last year we were not in that stage. We weren't in that stage and all of those, and and to my knowledge, they they didn't change those dates. But all of those restrictions around travel and and ratcheting stuff back was supposed to go into effect on January 1st of this year. Mm. Now, since we're not traveling, since... You know, there, there is no tourism going on for, for international travel right now. We don't know what the impact has been. Right. You know, last year we knew that you, that the, the visa-free travel was still going on and folks could still move around assuming that we didn't have a pandemic. That was what was supposed to happen. With all of those rules supposed to have been settled by January 1st of this year. We don't know what those are. True. True. Though we are watching, um, when we watch some of the UK TV, they're doing some ad spots about some of the paperwork that does need to get filed. There's some... Yeah, for UK citizens who want to remain in the UK. Or excuse me, for EU EU citizens. citizens, Yeah, I got that. I was backwards there. EU citizens that want to remain in the UK, and especially if they want to remain in the UK and still get the health care and other benefits that has been had been extended to eu citizens who were who had taken up residence in the uk Mm -hmm. so interesting things also the uk have made a very good effort with their commercials to advertise the need for ppe in the uk as well as they even have commercials showing off how you can't just say no i'm not going to be 
protecting myself in front of the frontline healthcare workers. I will tell you, I, I think the UK um, are probably the boldest and most in your face about their PPE commercials. Any of their health commercials. Well, okay, but also, as I mentioned when we talked about this while watching TV, this is the same country that has pictures of diseased lungs on their cigarette packages. Diseased lungs, and then, well, and, and this one wasn't actually a healthcare one. This was about consent. Do you remember that commercial? <laughs> oh, with the, the talking the... body parts. Yes. That was disturbing on so very many levels. I watch it all the time on YouTube. No. Why? So that I can understand the difference between consent and uh, the other thing. Not consent? Oh, my. Anyway, back to where we were. <laughs> and not talking body parts. So You brought it up. Officially, this means that Bahrain will host the opener on March 28th. Imola hosting the second round on April 18th. Um Let's see. And I think, yeah, that's that's all I had on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to that yeah. nail buoy hat. We're still not prepared. So so May, May 2nd, Portuguese Grand Prix. May 9th, the Spanish Grand Prix. So the, the good news here. So if you remember last year when we did this whole, uh, it, well, it was more of a back-to-back last year, but that Portugal, um, Imola, Mm-hmm. back-to-back type thing it was seven days you had to be there so we've got two weeks now so we don't have the mad rush to get from italy to portugal that we had last year um and getting to um barcelona is not quite as far no no they they, they shortened that trip up a little bit yeah um hopefully by doing this little flip-flop because remember last time portimao was before Emila. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what led us to the short weekend at Imola. Well, it was before Imola, and it was seven days. Right. So the teams, and, and because the teams had to be there, you know, Thursday, that meant there were really only three days to get the entire pit lane packed up and moved, um, I think it was like 1,500 miles or something like yeah, we had figured it out. It was like they had to leave Sunday night in order to get everything put together. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it was intense. And that's why we had a two-day weekend last year for Amala. In other news, so um, Fernando Alonso, his, there, there's a little bit of a hitch in his comeback. Mm. So he was in uh, Switzerland uh, around Lugano, Switzerland. And was involved in a biking accident. Oh. Fairly serious biking accident. Was he concussed? Um, you know, I think that's definitely a possibility. However, um, if nothing else, he sustained a fractured jaw and had to go to emergency surgery as a result of it. Ouch. Um, Renault insists that, um... They believe that this will not have a significant impact. And and other than some brief time for recovery, he will be able to continue with his training regimen. And they are not expecting an impact on his return to the team. Okay. Um, But, and there was a lot of confusion as to what was, what happened and and what was going on. Initially, it heard that this was a, a bike race. 
Um, I had heard that he had gotten hit by a by another biker, that he was watching this. At one point, I had heard that maybe he got hit by a car. And But what it sounds like from the police report is that um, he was biking in Lugano and a Swiss driver was turning into a supermarket parking lot and Fernando rode into them. Oh. Broadside. Oh. So the driver turned in front of him. Now, what's not clear is, you know... Did where the driver f- cut him off? And- yeah, or any of those bits and pieces. But that's what happened. Um, Renault does say he is conscious and, quote-unquote, well in himself. That is, that is an Alpine statement. The, the French do have a way with words. Yeah. Wow. You know... It is one way to keep Fernando from talking is to wire his jaw shut. Too soon. Too soon? Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. Okay. <laughs> but we do wish Fernando the best of luck. Speedy recovery. Speedy recovery. We, we, we hope that uh, this does not have a significant impact on anything. Now, I have heard that Fernando is an animal lover and has cats. Yes. Now. That he never saw his cat until he retired the first time. Okay. Um, so if he has fractured his jaw, he should snuggle with his cat because the cat purr has healing properties and helps bones regrow. That is a scientific fact. Okay. This is what I bring to the table. Science. Not that Fernando, we knew that Fernando was an avid cycler and at one point owned a partial share of a, um, Tour de France team, cycling team. No, that he should snuggle a cat. Okay. Well, he he did have all of that stuff. That that was part of it. At one <laughs> that is excellent. He sold that chair. Well, if so he could feed his cat. Oh, is that what it was? <laughs> so, do you remember? Was it last week or the week before that we had mentioned that Haas had said that Kevin Magnuson and it's last week it was last week Kevin Magnuson and Roman Grosjean could be reserve drivers. That and they we, would welcome them to be reserve yeah, drivers. Welcome them to be reserve drivers. And and we sat there and said, Huh, I wonder if Gunther had gone and actually spoken to them before saying this. Because yeah. wasn't Magnuson doing something in IndyCar and then Grosjean was doing something in like Rally or something? You're a little backwards. Grosjean is gonna do IndyCar except for ovals, and Magnuson is driving uh, WRC? No. No, IMSA sports cars. Yeah, was IMSA. Oh. So, close. And it turns out that, in fact, Kevin Magnuson has no interest in returning to Haas as a reserve driver. <laughs> thanks, but no thanks, guys. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, that took about 3.5 <laughs> seconds for a reporter to call Magnuson and Grosjean and go, so will you be the reserve driver for Haas? And they're like, uh, no. No. Well, Grosjean hasn't, we don't know anything about Grosjean. We just know that Magnuson just said no. Well, I'm pretty sure that Grosjean, being French, said no. I don't know what that (laughs) means in French. I never took French like both of you. Anyway, so you'll also recall last week, because this definitely was last week. A lot of revisiting stuff last week. This this is, what what is this, the update show? what we're doing. You know, we, we had opened with that Lewis Hamilton still didn't have a contract. 
And before I could get the show edited and posted, Lewis Hamilton had a contract. But there's and and there's a big one here. Shockingly, it's only a one year contract. So when I heard this the first time, mm-hmm. before I actually read anything about it, <clears throat> the first thing I said was, "Well, that makes perfect sense." Lewis is kind of thinking about that he wants to retire. He wants his eighth world title that will put him at the top. He's currently tied with Schumacher. He wants to beat Schumacher. So one more year, win the title. I'm out. And and that's what has been a lot of the initial speculation here is that really Lewis was looking for a graceful exit ramp, still wanted to defend the title and such, but looking for that exit ramp. Mm-hmm. Um, Toto Wolf says no. No. Oh, what he says, and, and honestly, if what he says is true... They're all kind of dumb. Okay. Is my feeling. Truly. So what he said was, we jointly agreed on a one-year deal. First of all, there is a substantial regulation change in 2022. We also want to see how the world develops and the company. Plus, on the other side, it's because we kept it very late. We wanted to discuss the contract at the end of the 2020 season between the Bahrain races, and then, obviously, Lewis didn't feel well. In the end, we started our conversation just before Christmas, so it was important to get it done as soon as possible. And in that respect, we thought, let's postpone the discussion about 2022 and onwards to a later stage in 2021. So they kicked the can. They kicked, yeah. They realized that they needed to do something Mm -hmm. because they waited so long to get started that they're like, well, we'll just do the one-year deal and then we'll revisit this and and really figure this out. And honestly, it's not like they didn't know that this was coming. They had, I mean, let's face it. They had two months, actually it was more than two months, that Formula One literally shut down. There is nothing else that they could have done. Why didn't they start the conversations then? And then to turn around and drag it out. And, and in a way, I kind of get the argument of, well, you know, we want to focus on the championship and make all that stuff happen. But the other piece of that is, this is why you're supposed to have a team doing this for you, as opposed to you being the driver and doing it yourself. You sound like a better um, team principal than a total wolf. Have you um, considered like calling them up on the phone saying, hey, I'm better than total wolf. Let me join. Fairly certain they'll say no. But no, th- this isn't about really the Mercedes side of the house. This is Lewis's side of the house. Because Lewis was the one that put it off in the first place. Wasn't it also Lewis who had asked for having choice in a teammate? Well, that that's one of the other rumors that has come out was that he wanted to have more of a say, and we don't know if that's true or not. And it it's possible that it was, and they realized that they couldn't make it past that before they needed to have paper signed so that he could drive a car. But even still, they waited so late to get this started; it's their own fault they're in this problem. So. Here's the here's what I think really happened. Okay. My bet is that all through the season, 
some lawyer was trying to get Lewis's attention. Because remember, he self-negotiates. Well, that, that's my point. Some lawyer was trying to get Lewis's attention, and Lewis's answer was, I'm focused on this title right now. And he's mm-hmm. very big about living in the moment, and that that's been part of his secret to the these rapid-fire titles, is I don't think about anything but the next race in front of me. And I think that that was his motive, his mindset to kick the can and say, we can talk about it at the end of the season. I think honestly, they probably all had a handshake agreement of, yeah, we'll work out the details, but you're going to come back and you're going to drive for us. And it's not going to be like, you're not going to drive for us. So everybody like, there was no impetus to say, well, we got to lock him up because Lewis wasn't going to go anywhere else. So, and you're well. It was either he was going to stay at Mercedes or he was going to leave. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's that's really what the two options are. But I mean it 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 does bug me this idea of you know Lewis. We we need to make this happen. Yeah, we want you to come back, and that's important to us. But we need to make sure this happens. And you know his idea of he wants to focus on the now and all that's why you have a team of folks to manage that for you but that's not the lewis way and but it was his way he changed that a couple of years ago right because he they- heard that sebastian goes and negotiates his own deals which yeah we, let, let's look at how well that's worked out for him in the last two years well this is this is lewis's methodology right now this is what he's doing this is why it was delayed i'm i firmly hold that they had a handshake agreement that said i either am going to retire or i'm going to come back to mercedes but the plan would be that i come back we'll just got to work out the details and they couldn't get all the details worked out so they did a one-year deal which quite frankly i still hold is what lewis really wanted because he wants to be able to have an exit ramp and I just think he doesn't want to be tied right now to multiple year deals. He wants to do this season by season. The thing is, I think he's always got that exit ramp. I think, Possibly. you know, if at any point he wanted to turn around and say, yep, that's it. I'm done. They, they just like they did with Nico. Okay. Yeah. We'll do what we can and let you go. Sure. I don't know, but he's got a contract. It's for a year. He's going to get his eighth title. Well, I don't know. You don't know. The well, so the um, engine chief for Mercedes, Mercedes put out a video, and the engine chief for Mercedes said, "We have got some issues with the power units. We know we have issues, but we have plenty of plans in place to fix all of those issues." I'm sure it will all be ready for the first race. Now, on one hand, Mercedes is known to downplay the performance of their car. Yeah. They have done this many times before. But on the other hand, with the engine freeze that we're about to talk about, things actually, the the dynamics have changed a little bit. So because of the engine freeze, they have to get the performance level nailed down on the car before the first race of the season. If there are power unit issues, if it's down on power, any of that stuff, 
they cannot count on being, you know, we're going to roll out the next spec in three races. We'll, we'll just collect the data and we'll use it. There is none of that now. Mm -hmm. You have to have everything nailed down before the start of the season. So possibly they were looking to make a change in performance, expecting gains from Ferrari and from some other directions. And maybe they're having issues. I don't know. Okay, but again... The likelihood is probably low, but... <laughs> but again, the article puts the word issues in quotes. Yeah. And that makes me think that it's more, air quotes, sandbagging. I call sandbagging. And that issues was in the headline, not in the actual quote in the message. So we don't know. Okay. But at this point... I'm not recommending changing your fantasy GP predictions. It, How's that? It, it, it will be Mercedes. <laughs> even even and though Lewis. they're saying that, I'm not recommending that you make that change. Okay. Now, as mentioned, it was approved that there will be an engine freeze going into this year, and the engines will be frozen at least until 2025. Okay. And with 2025 being, and, and it's a year earlier, but that will be an entirely new specification coming out. And we'll talk about what we know are the principles for that in a second. Okay. The other thing that, it, well, it, it was presented to the teams. It has not been approved as of yet, um, but presented to the teams to roll out an experimental sprint race. Okay. So what it sounds like has been proposed is um, at three Grand Prix this season, Canada, Italy, and Brazil, um, they want to move the regular qualifying session that we have seen to Friday afternoon. So it's not going away. Okay. They would move that to Friday afternoon with Saturday's action then being dominated by a 100-kilometer sprint race that would decide the grid for Sunday's main race and potentially offer half points. So you have qualifying like we have seen, the knockout qualifying. That sets the grid for the sprint race. The sprint race sets the grid for Sunday. Okay. Basically, it would give us an extra race a weekend. Well, yes. Is essentially, I mean, it, it gives us more to watch. It also costs the teams more money. And costs probably more tires. So and, how exactly? Well, not necessarily. Because if they're, and it, it doesn't mention it here, but if they're eliminating free practice three as a result of this, it's not necessarily more tires. It's not necessarily more running. It's not necessarily more money because you're reducing an operating session. Okay. But in a race conditions, you increase risk of cars bumping into each other too. They're race cars. I would rather see them in a race condition than free practice. That's why nobody watches free practice. The problem is, is that um, with the sprint race, if a crash were to happen, there isn't really all that much time that a team can do with it's their... It's a full day. It, it's no different than 
an incident occurring in a qualifying session. Right. I I don't know how I feel about it. I honestly don't. It Can, will mean fewer people will watch qualifying because you're going to put it on a work it day. It would. Um, but, and instead you get another race. I This proposal, I don't see as bad as what we thought was coming and it's certainly better than reverse grids i will give you that because i am vehemently opposed to reverse grids i'm not exactly sure how i feel about a sprint race i also have to say i have a real big problem with trying to quote fix qualifying when nobody thinks it's a problem but arguably you're not even fixing qualifying you're still having the same qualifying session but, you're oh. but that qualifying session is setting the grid for the sprint race. They're fixing practice, not qualifying. Uh-huh. No one watches practice because all it is is just cars going around a track trying to set the fastest time when no one cares about who's getting the fastest time. This is more something it's more something for the teams than an actual audience. By removing the practice three from this, you're actually appealing more to the audience than towards the teams. Okay. Please tell me they're going to demo it somewhere so that we can... Well, that's what the the three race proposal is. Okay. Um, They want to try it. The teams have not approved it. They have asked for more information. There's interest, but it has not been approved. And again, this would be Canada, Italy, and Brazil, assuming, oh, Canada and, and Brazil in particular actually happen. Exactly. Because I'm not holding my breath that Brazil's going to happen. I thought we already established that was not happening. No, it's still on the calendar for now. What, what is not happening as a race in Rio? That's gone. The Sao Paulo and Grand Prix is happening. Yes. In theory. Now, in terms of what the concept is for the new engine, mm-hmm. or, or the, 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 the principles, principles that they will be using to design. Number one, environmental sustainability and social and automotive relevance. Okay. Number two, a fully sustainable fuel. Okay. Number three, creating a powerful and emotive power unit. Emotive. So it will spit out emojis out of its tailpipe. What that is specifically is, you know, if you remember when we went to the V6 turbo hybrids, the folks who were longtime fans, they complained that the engines were too quiet. Sound. So that's, that's what that is. Number four, significant cost reduction. Okay. Which ties into number five, attractiveness to new power unit manufacturers. Diversity. Maybe that hope of getting Coswell back. Cosworth back, rather. Not Ford. <laughs> um, other changes that are coming. Yes. So as you'll recall, this year, not only did we get the We Race as One in Saudi Arabia. Um, we Race <laughs> as One <laughs> uh, campaign for um unity and um diversity and social justice and all of those various other causes but there was the logo that was placed on the well that was tied to the campaign which was the rainbow logo mm-hmm. um formula one is dropping the rainbow logo 
Okay. So do you know why there was the rainbow logo there? So and it's not really a rainbow because it's a lot more than... Well, it's actually 10 stripes. Mm -hmm. It's one for each of the teams. It's their team, predominant team color in the rainbow. Is it really? It really is. I actually. Who's green? What? Who's green? (laughs) Because there's a green one. Is it green or is it like an aqua y color? And that's actually Mercedes. No, I'm telling you, it's the Patronus aqua green color mm-hmm. i went through all of the colors and matched them up to a team okay so the rainbow was actually intended to acknowledge the ba- the worldwide battle against covid19 and the fight against discrimination across the world using the rainbow as a symbol used internationally in the recent crisis to bring communities together okay there's no more rainbow so we're not together anymore. The, rain, the rainbow's <laughs> going away. So the statement from Formula One. This season, the rainbow will no longer feature alongside the hashtag we race as one platform. Actually, I should do it the old school way. The pound we race as one <laughs> It's a sharp. <laughs> it's a sharp. <laughs> um, while we're the, old. Yeah. While the COVID-19 pandemic is still an ongoing battle, we are focusing the platform on the three core pillars of our environment, social, and corporate governance strategy. Those pillars are sustainability, diversity and inclusion, and community. These areas are a priority for the sport where progress has already been made, but with more commitments to be delivered in coming months and years. Except in Saudi Arabia. Okay. And Azerbaijan. Uh-huh. And Turkey. Yeah. And China. But we didn't race in China, so it's okay. We're supposed to race in China. But we didn't race in China, so it's okay. Oh, well. <laughs> well, we didn't race in Azerbaijan last year either. See? It's okay. Oh, is that <laughs> But we did go to Turkey. We did. We went to Saudi Arabia, too. Well, we're going to Saudi Arabia. Yes. I haven't been there yet. We're going there. Exactly. Still think we need to test a female driver in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Um... And the boy had mentioned last week about the suspension of the prize fund dissolution fee. Yeah. Whatever that fee was. And, and, and that Formula One is considering. Has not happened. And in response to this, a startup team in, in Monaco, mm-hmm. proposed startup team, has said, hey, if you do this, we do, it makes it more attractive for us to come in. I can't believe that my little story that I found just went all the way to Monaco. That's so cool. It's not quite how it worked. Um. <laughs> so now we're working on the if you get rid of it, we will come plan. Well, I mean, it, it shouldn't be a surprise. I mean, that's the whole reason behind this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of what this is. If you get rid of it, we, we will come. Um supposedly they've put in feelers before to formula one and formula one said yeah no no go away yeah um so i don't know if this will actually make it easier for them to come in but that's what they say so speaking of people coming in or trying to come back to formula one boy rich energy has um has um, recently published an announcement confirming that they are coming into Formula One, which according to 
co-founder and CEO, William Story, this will be the greatest comeback since Lazarus. Well, it, it's more than just that they're coming back to Formula One, according to the claim. It is that at first they consider making their own team to come back after and during 2022. But then a friend of theirs said, hey, how about you just buy a major share in another team? And that's what they said. But when they made their announcement after it was delayed two times today, um, they just opened up more questions than actual answers. They just restated things that were already stated and, and just said, hey, we thought about buying a major share in a team. So Rich Energy, let me see if I get this straight. Rich Energy is trying to come back to Formula One after the debacle that they had with Haas. And their methodology of doing it is not to become a title sponsor again, but that they are going to or they have bought a major share in a team. Well, so my understanding of what was going on here was Rich Energy said that they were coming back and they were coming back by buying a major share in a team. We have no clue what team they were talking about or how they were going to because honestly to my knowledge they still don't really actually have any assets they're still not selling this mythical drink that is supposed to be so amazing that nobody's ever well actually that's not true jalopnik did go and taste it and um said it was really really bad okay like really bad almost nauseating so when last we heard they had like 700 pounds in their bank account. It was like 700 pounds. They had a ton of empty cans. Which are not assets. Right. Yeah. Um, and we thought that... that we it, had heard that William Story had been kicked out of the company, which apparently that's not the case either. Yeah, didn't they try to like remove his Twitter access? Well, well they tried to kick him off the, the rich energy... Twitter account wasn't it he got thrown he, he didn't get banned by Twitter no but but rich energy tried to lock him out of the corporate Twitter account and at one point one of the shareholders you know when the whole Haas thing exploded at one point one of the shareholders had said that William Story wasn't part of the organization anymore but that's clearly not the case now it's so weird it's so weird, but I just have one major question. If you can buy a major share of a Formula One team for seven hundred pounds, where Why do we, we sign? Done that yet? <laughs> where do we sign? Well, it depends on the team. Okay. Because again, what we have seen is that. There's really no way to make money with a Formula One team. Correct. There is a way to lose lots of money <laughs> with a Formula One team. But in terms of turning a profit with a Formula One team, there really is no way to do that. So I'm not sure that I want to buy a major share, even for 700 pounds. I'm not sure I want to buy a major share in a Formula One team that's really only going to be worth about 35 cents. I mean... <laughs> okay. If... 
700 pounds gets me majority ownership and thus access to the paddock, that is better deal than a paddock pass. It major, is. major shareholder I mean, that's of true a because team then means I could rub elbows with Toto. And, and, and it does basically mean that your airfare to and from the tracks and your hotel and lodging and food, those are all business expenses legitimately at that point. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there there is that to be said. And I would get to rub elbows with Toto Wolf. Yeah. That's a reason for you to nix it right there, isn't it? <laughs> well, then I would much rather have, you know, a stake in a Formula E team. Anyway. <laughs> and on, on that, that note, note, we'll call the show. <laughs> we are so glad you came. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye-bye. Remember, please discard all candy wrappers and popcorn containers in the nearest trash receptacle. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> okay. Are they all gone? Uh, is, is, there, is everybody gone? <laughs> huh? Good. Oh my gosh, my cheeks are killing me. I can't keep smiling like this anymore. I am exhausted. I think I need a break. A little break? Okay. Whew.